0: and in just a moment we'll get started you see people still coming in and out from taking their children I'll just, uh, while people are coming in here, I will, uh, briefly tell you before we get started that, uh, for those who remember, we've been talking to you about Elias and Diana, the young couple from Argentina, she finally got her visa. No. So it looks like we're going to sometime in November or December, be able to bring them here and have them with us for about a month. And, uh, and, and then we have, uh, for those of you who don't know, their CD "Singing with Angels," which is literally them singing with angels, and you hear the angels singing. Many of you know about it. That uh, it is it, it is out now, and we have ordered about forty or eighty or something like that. It'll be, and I don't know who gets to get first dibs on them or not, but God's been doing uh, with them continues to speak amazing things. To them, And they're called to provoke the body of Christ into greater pursuit and intimacy with God. So, are we ready to go in the booth? Yeah? <clears throat> we'll get started with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you again for who you are, what you're doing, what you're doing around the face of the earth, Lord. In the midst of challenging times for many Lord, you are challenging us to come above the clouds to to see things from your perspective. A great day is upon us, Lord, and even we've entered a new chapter of that. As we enter this new year in the Hebrew calendar, great and exciting things for those who are your children, your sons and daughters, and we just thank you for the privilege of living in this day. We ask you to give us the strength and grace to press into you and to find you and to see you and recognize what you're doing and not to be distracted by what the enemy's doing. We thank you, Lord. Ask you to bless this time together. Holy Spirit, be here as a spirit of counsel and truth and the helper. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we are continuing in this series of the seven mountain mandate and, um, Welcome to those who are watching us online and web streaming. And uh, this is going live to our church here at Daystar. It's also going on web streaming. It will be available online as a downloadable podcast also. And um, this will also be used in various schools of ministry around the world. So you may be seeing this on any one of these uh, venues. And with the Seven Mountain mandate... Uh, one, one of the things that it is, in short, is seeing the full face of God restored to society, seeing other facets of the face of God restored to society. The one we're more used to talking about is His face of Redeemer and redemption, how all need re- that, that face of who He is, that manifestation of God, so that one day... When we die, we are able to live with him forever, and that is the most important uh, face of who he is for us here on planet Earth. But he is a God who desires to showcase himself in his multiple colors, in his many colors, in his many dimensions, in the many facets of his face. And um, he, is, uh, he is a God that has uh, with seven spirits, it tells us in Revelation um, 4 and 5. And we recognize that our promised land are these seven mountains, these seven areas of society that have a direct tie with the seven spirits of God. And these seven uh, mountains that are our promised land are government, education, economy, media, celebration of arts and entertainment, family, and religion. And our, our theme for today, is you've heard, our subject for the day is the Mountain of Economy. And we want to uh, initially look at the spiritual landscape of the mountain with an understanding of the spiritual landscape of the mountain. We have an understanding of how the enemy is operating there, what his intentions are there, and how the Lord has designed help for us and authority for us and how we must come in the opposite spirit of the enemy that is operating there. And so we are continuing to use this template of the promised land and of Israel's enemies in the promised land. So the mountain of economy, the enemy on this mountain is the Canaanite of the seven of the seven nations greater and mightier than Israel. And the word Canaanite means trader or merchant, and it speaks of money motivation. And we're going to talk a little bit about this and have a Uh, well of understanding as we we can in in our relatively short time. And the money motivation of greed or the poverty spirit. So the Canaanite speaks of spirit of greed or the poverty spirit. And, And again, the Canaanite would represent both the demon spirits that operate on the mountain of economy or business. We're talking about the same thing. Some call it the mountain of economy, some the mountain of business. I'll call it both, but we're calling it overall the mountain of economy. And it represents the demon spirits on the mountain, as well as their influence, their strategy, a point we are making as we go through these mountains is that the enemy has a relatively simple strategy on each one of the mountains. And it is the same on this mountain of economy, but we do need to understand it because he's very effective in what he's doing when we don't understand it. And sometimes even when we do the, the landscape of this mountain, the mountain of economy and business is particularly hazardous and treacherous but god has great help for us so we want to look first of all at this poverty spirit and as we go through this of course it gives you an opportunity personally to recognize if if this the influencers again the either side of the the flip side or the back so front side face or tails heads or tails of this spirit which one might be affecting you uh, the most and um, the poverty spirit is the fear of loss or lack of provision, the fear of it. And this can be whether you are poor or a millionaire. And I know many millionaires who live in as much fear or more fear than those in abject poverty. And, and, and when you're dominated by a fear of loss, you are under the rule, under the influence of a poverty spirit, of a Canaanite spirit, and you are not displacing the enemy on that mountain and not gaining anything with them. So the cure, the antidote, becomes, uh, among many scriptures, what I have up here for you tonight is Philippians 4.19. It says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And when this truth can become a deep reality, when you're able to as it were, wire your brain to this truth, uh, it really it really can change so many things for you. You know, I've shared from time to time just about the truths that the quantum world revealed to us. And the quantum world reveals that we activate what we can see. And uh, we have to see a God who is a full supplier, who is a supplying God, in order for... There to be the practical applica- uh, activation of him in our, in our life. And it's, uh, you know, it's nice that you may say, well, why if God wants to supply and be a provider, why doesn't he just show up that? Why, why isn't he just doing that for me? And there is this need to condition our hearts and spirits and our spirit eyes to see him and, and as, we, uh, as we gaze on him and desire to see him as the God of supply and the God of provision. It begins to activate that in our lives. Now let's look a little at, on greed. And uh, this is the flip side of the same Canaanite spirit. And greed is the insatiable drive for more. And it, in it, there is the illusion that there is an amount of reserve that will calm the soul. You know, for different people, it's... Some people, it's as little as $1,000, I think. If they have that there, they'll be okay. Some need 10000 some need a hundred thousand. Some need a million. Some have ten million. Some have a hundred million and are afraid to death of losing it. And uh, but it is an illusion that there is a certain amount of money you can have in your bank account or, or assets or reserves that will calm your soul. And if it does calm your soul, it's very temporary, based on the latest thing the Dow Jones does and other things. First Corinthians six seventeen says. This was the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy and for us all. Command those who are rich in this present age not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Again, this is the cure. This is the antidote for this spirit, this this greed thing, this Canaanite thing that seeks to operate and work on all of us. It is trusting in God. It's kind of a cliched expression, trust in God. We have it on our dollar bill, but they really, uh, they really got the idea. And it, it really is a, a, a prophetic truth that's very powerful that, that if we can carry on our money, that as we're carrying money, and there's a statement on it that says trust in God, and if we could live in that dimension, then we find ourselves having broken free from the Canaanite influence each one of these mountains we tell about the eight that's there the enemy the basic enemy the common demon his common strategy and the overriding principality with whom he is working and on this mountain as you might guess the principality is mammon and in revelation it speaks to us of babylon and the in the system of babylon the babylonian babylonish or babylonian system And when it's speaking of Babylon, it's probably talking about the same uh, principality of mammon. And mammon represents avarice and wars for the throne of God in our lives. I say it represents that. It is an actual principality, is an empowered demon by those humans who are in agreement with it. And um, we want to note that the word Babylon means confusing by mixing. And this is something... Uh, it gives us some understanding of why I said the, the, the landscape, the spiritual landscape on the mountain of business or economy is so treacherous, so difficult because the enemy is so astute, is so deceitful, and, and, and mammon is so very deceptive. He understands that we need, we know we need money to accomplish even our kingdom dreams and our kingdom destinies and our callings. And so Mammon will even work with us and say, you know, you need this for you for to be able to advance the aspects of the kingdom God has entrusted to you. And so he gets you in a mixed way of operating where where part of you is pursuing money because this is how you're going to make yourself be fulfilled and how you're going to advance who you are ministerially. And And tries to tell you, through this deception, that you can actually have part of your heart going after money and part of your heart going after God. But you can't do that. The scripture for that is Luke 16, 13. Very well known, I think. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Again, mammon will tell you, I am your source. It will compete for the very throne of God. I am your ticket. I'm your ticket even to reaching the tops of the mountains. And we must learn to serve a God and serve a God so big that he can and he will provide the provision for the vision. That word provision, provision, he not only provides, but he himself offers even his name of Jehovah Jireh as a sign to us that it's not just something he does, but again, it's who he is. That's what all these seven mountains are not just about uh, an activity of who God is, but it, it represents to us a face of who he is that has to be discovered, first of all, by his sons and daughters, And then we are to be his image bearers here on earth to reflect a God who loves to supply and who loves to uh, manifest this giving to his sons and daughters, even as a good father or mother likes to share with their own children. But there are guidelines around who he gives this to. We'll get into that as we continue here. We want to look at the next scripture, 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Depending on what version of the Bible you have, it might say of all evil. That has been debated if it's supposed to say all kinds of evil or all evil. People will always say, follow the money trail. Money is behind everything, every kind of corruption that exists. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That is 1 Timothy 6.10. Again, this is not money being the root of all kinds of evil, but the love of money. Money, obviously, is very important. Treasure, wealth, very important. And it's specifically very important for what God will accomplish in this last day through his sons and daughters. And if you have a sense of the kingdom and a sense of what he's doing in these days, you understand that this thing of possessing the wealth is very important for what is going to be taking place. But if it comes across ironic, we cannot desire the money, though we need lots of it. But if we understand that that is an aspect of who he is and what he's able to provide out of himself, then we don't need to go on a side exit going after money in order to get what we need so we can do our kingdom stuff. But in him is the provision for the vision as we were saying he desires for the provision and the wealth to be an overflow of who he is in our lives just for a moment to uh, speak briefly again about Babylon Babylonian system those who have read different chapters in the book of Revelation it speaks about Babylon falling and collapsing and uh just want to skim through some of the verses of Revelation 18, the first four verses. Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. The merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. Again, there's some confusion at times for different ones of God's people. And they think it's saying that wealth will disappear at some point. But that is not the case. There will always be wealth. There will be increasing wealth. There will be increasing riches. Babylon becomes the economic system of mammon. The system built operating under the ground rules of Satan. Operating under the Canaanite rules. Wealth won't collapse But the counterfeit system, the counterfeit system built on fear and greed will collapse. And it's not hard to see that we've had massive shaking of the system in the last two years that has released even a worldwide, whatever you want to call it, recession, challenging circumstances for uh, uh, the economics of many peoples and many nations. When it says, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins... It doesn't mean you have to pull out your money out of banks. Some people have uh, thought that's what this is saying. You can do that if you want, but you'll find out if you were uh, in these last couple of years, you could have your money under a mattress, and if money devaluates in other countries, that happens overnight. It doesn't really matter if you have it in the bank or under your mattress, it still disappears, and and you can think, well, gold is the answer. Well, gold goes up and down too. Just, you know, all, there's, even Christians find all these things, these side things that are the key, but it's God. In God we trust. Jehovah Jireh, that's, we got to be reduced to that at some point, and, and then we're okay. And, the, you know, the Wall Street collapse of the last couple of years, uh, particularly what began happening at the end uh, of 2008, in September of 2008, showed many of us, showed many believers, those who uh wished we trust as much in the, in God as we as we hope for that we really had counted on on a, a collapsing system uh, a collapsing economic system and and we had some confidence in that and uh it, there's no great shame or horror in 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 losing money that we did the best we could to invest even in stocks and bonds and whatever you do the best you can and uh, But then if it disappears easily, it's just go back to pop and say, now what do we do? That's supposed to be how we operate as believers, not where we our whole future now becomes shaky because something we were counting on out there is no longer there to sustain us. Again, wealth won't collapse, but Satan's economic system Will. Um, and don't be found in his system of greed and fear. And again, we're having to kind of do a cursory, cursory a light uh, hitting on this topic, and, and there's clearly much more in-depth material in books and just an understanding of how God really wants to go after our hearts in this matter. He really, 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 really desires to partner with his sons and daughters, and he will in this coming day. And the world is going to be astounded, and many of you are going to be astounded at how much resources the Lord allows his sons and daughters to be stewards of in these coming days, much like Joseph, who for all his life was not giving he was a good steward, but he wasn't given that much to steward over till the very end, and then there was this dramatic change. Now, on this mountain of economy or business, there is a key role for prophets. Again, in all these mountains, we are sharing with you an understanding of how what's called the fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, that we've understood them generally in the context of how they operate on the mountain of religion and in the church, but that there is a manifestation of how they are to show up in these other sectors of society. And so that there is a, an, an anointing or a mantle or a spiritual help. However you want to look at it, uh, of a prophetic gifting that the Lord has available for those who are called to make great inroads on the mountain of economy, on the mountain of business. So for you to be effective, for you to carry great authority to displace the enemy and showcase the face of God on this mountain, you will have to be a prophet or a prophetic person. And uh, we'll try to simplify in, in, in understanding of a prophet. You know, there's many things, many people think a prophet, what he is and what he isn't. We're just going to go for, as it applies specifically to this mountain A prophet is a friend of God to whom he reveals treasures. We could add to that a friend of God to whom he reveals secrets. And this is really how he operates with prophets on any one of the mountains. But there is a different application of how that shows up in other mountains. And um, there are different treasures and secrets. He is uh, revealing, for instance, on the mountain of religion where the church is and the more traditional perception of, of the prophetic gift. Um, we, even as we teach it here at Daystar, the prophetic ministry is about finding the treasure that is hidden in people's heart and lives. And so it's hearing from the Lord about a person's destiny or a nation's destiny and declaring that. And it becomes a treasure a secret of God that is told us that we tell someone, and it uh, it uh, enables them to be released into dimensions of uh, of their destiny. Also, in the mountain of celebration of arts and entertainment, there is another manifestation of the prophet as a friend of God to whom he is revealing secrets or treasures. And on this mountain, the secrets could be, the treasures could be, lyrics from heaven, music from heaven, fashion from heaven, all kinds of movies from heaven, plays, you know, everything that's in the creative world, God has, he is the source, that's for another mountain to get it on, when we talk about the mountain of celebration, of arts and entertainment, but we are letting you know how the prophet and how the mantle of prophet, how the prophetic gifting looks a little different on each mountain, but it's specifically an anointing, a help, a calling, you will need to advance in the spirit on this specific mountain, the mountain of economy, mountain of business. And uh, this is where the Lord will give you supernatural strategies, new technologies, or the treasures themselves. And let me explain that for a moment. You know, number one, I do hear people almost conflittantly talk about getting supernatural strategies. And and uh, there is a way where he can just work into your your, your thinking at night and it, and it comes to you. But there really are Supernatural manifestations where an angel uh, we are hearing were from people who were an angel has visited them and given them a specific formula and and, are in a dream. They've had a supernatural dream where they've had a new source of energy revealed to them and uh, a new better way of doing everything. And when I say or the treasures themselves, I have told uh, in the church here for some of you, you've already heard this, but we'll briefly hit on it again how that I have a friend of mine. He's a young man in in South America, and uh, he began. He operates with a prophetic gifting and calling in his life, and his specialty really wasn't the area of mining, wasn't business, and uh, but he understood how that God wanted to reveal secrets to his sons and daughters, and so through a process of time, the Lord spoke to him about a mountain in a certain city where he was living, where he should get the mining rights for that mountain. And he, he did so, and the Lord told him there was treasure in that mountain. And then he went through this real systematic uh, <clears throat> directives from the Lord And he even videoed himself doing this where he went with his Bible and he walked certain many steps and he would read the scripture. And the Lord would say, look to the right, see that rock, go to that rock. And then, you know, turn left and go up there and go here and read this scripture and walked so many steps this way. And then he got to a place after, I think it was an hour or two. And and the Lord said, that's the spot. So he marked X there and he called it Jehovah one. And uh, then he, another place. On this mountain, he did the same thing, and he marked it Jehovah 2. And he had the miners come in and dig there. In both, both places, they found a lot of gold. So that becomes sort of a, a, a picture of what he will actually do. He will actually do something as specific as there is a mountain, there is a treasure, but then you can look at your business and where you work as a mountain, and there is treasure there, and the Lord will give you directives as to the better way of doing something. And so it can be a strategy and not so specific as that. This young man has now advanced to where he has over 50 mines of gold that have been discovered by supernatural means. Mining was never his specialty. And um, there's another story of a couple of young ladies in another country that came out of uh, tremendous poverty. They had to sleep in a car for three years during their teens and didn't, uh, hardly have anything to eat. And they got the same thing, how God wanted to bless them. And the Lord, it's almost identical to this young man, but in another country. And they don't know about each other. Uh, the Lord told them about what mountain to get. And there's treasures there. He showed them exactly where the treasures are. And they now have over 300 employees. And they have uh, seven mega mines. And and, and in, in in the capital, uh, a very... Expensive part of a capital, one of the countries in South America. These two, uh, very uh, just—they came from abject poverty. They now own a nine-story building plus much more, and it was all this supernatural way of receiving uh, directives from the Lord for finding finances. And I, I could tell you actually, I could talk to you for the next couple of hours about in, in many countries in our own country people who have. Uh, have been led by the Lord and have been revealed treasure treasure has been revealed to them and it comes out of this friendship with God And, and these people without exception all the ones that are telling me about the breakthroughs you can tell they have no mammon no love of money on them they're just so excited that God is working with them and that they're a part of what he's doing in this last day so we see that the heart of God if he has you purified in your motivation is that he really does love to partner with you in this way and we are in a season where uh, there are the early risers, those who are initially stepping into this Joseph anointing and calling, and there will be many more in the future. And uh, let's look at 2 Chronicles twenty twenty. Again, it emphasizes the important role of, prof- of prophets, and specifically as it relates to prosperity. It says, Believe the Lord your God, And you shall be established, believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And um, it's such an amazing scripture when you stop and think what it's saying. It says, believe in God and he'll establish you. But listen to his prophets and you shall prosper. And that word prosper, yeah, it can include... You know prosperous in your soul and character and all that, but it's speaking of the same prosperity that Joseph had in the old testament it's the same word, so it really is speaking of a a a, a blessing a financial blessing in fact if you uh, if you want to read in that very second. Chronicles 20 uh, later on, I really didn't put this in my notes, but verse 25, it talks about how the Lord gave a strategy to Jehoshaphat and they defeated the enemy with this strategy and they spent days recovering the loot from the enemy. There were days uh, getting jewels and treasures and it's, it's a direct tie-in to receiving, uh, not just receiving finances, but uh, extracting him from the enemy, a transference of wealth, but it came through a prophetic plan, pr- a prophetic being. Again, not something we're trying to talk about that goes with a title of prophet, but it means it's about raising your antenna, hanging out with him, being a friend of God, and receiving instruction, information in that kind of way. And uh, Matthew thirteen forty four says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden In a field, this application to this in in so many areas of life, but really uh, we see this strongly as it ties into the prophetic gifting, is the kingdom of God is about a treasure that's hidden, that it would be easier to declare the problem that is there it would be easier to recognize the valley of dry bones and say, oh, thus saith the Lord, you are a valley of very dry bones and you need to repent and get your life right. But Ezekiel was told in Ezekiel 37, can these bones, the Lord asked him, can these bones live? He says, well, you know, he says, well, prophesy, you prophesy to him and I'll begin to release life into a situation of dry bones. And again, that has that, that story of the valley of dry bones is not int- intended uh, specifically for the area of finances but there is an application there there's a scripture the next verse in Matthew 13 again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls so how do you find secret hidden things by being a friend of god out of intimacy and that's really if again if if you get distracted by this word prophet or prophetic this is about being a friend of god my sheep know my voice if you're a sheep who's hanging out with him, you get to know his voice. And and, and one of the, the things he wants to reveal, he has so many aspects of himself he wants, he wants to reveal, but he wants to reveal this God of supply and provision to you personally, but for cities and nations. It really blesses his heart to be able to do so. And the enemy has been able to distort uh, God's face, distort God's heart as it relates to to finances and provision to the point that many believers and denominations and even the tradition of the church from decades and really centuries ago is that it's better to, you know, take a vow of poverty as if God is a God of poverty. And we will see in heaven that he is not a God of poverty. And that was the prayer of Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. So we want to think of things the way they function in heaven. And it was Jesus' prayer and declaration that this would come down to earth and manifest in this way. And so he is a God of abundance who likes to showcase himself in this abundant new way. Deuteronomy 8.18, another scripture I have up here. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives the power to get wealth. He gives you the power to get wealth. Remember God. Don't want to remember anything else. Is in, in an accented way above that. We don't want it, to, uh, even to focus on the prophetic gift. We don't want to focus on gold. Focus on it's God, 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 God. In God we trust. Remember the Lord your God. It is He who gives the power to get wealth. Now, Scripture tells us. The whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. You all have heard that, I know. It also tells us the whole earth is full of the glory of God. And they are not contradictory. There is a dimension of glory that will be ever increasing on earth that He will release in and on His sons, as we have read many times out of Isaiah sixty. But there is a glory that is already in the earth that is waiting to be discovered. It is as the scriptures we have been reading. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden. It is like pearls, beautiful pearls that have not yet been discovered. And we are giving you just the story of the mines, the gold and silver that has been uh, discovered. That becomes a good example of how the glory is hidden. And then he will release That glory, he will speak about that glory to his sons and daughters. So I want to speak of this word glory. And in the Hebrew, that word glory is kabad, which literally means to be heavy. But it means to be heavy with presence, with honor, with wealth, with riches, with supernatural manifestations of his goodness one of these difficult words to just uh, lock down in black and white in our contemporary uh, culture, what this word glory is. But I want you to be aware that one of the things it does include, glory does include riches, wealth. This is an aspect of his goodness being manifested on the earth. Remember Moses when he said, let me see your glory, the Lord said, I'll let you see my goodness. And he just used that as another word for glory. And he is a good God. He really does like sharing. He really does like giving. But he does understand that if we do not have the internal fortitude to handle even what he desires to give us, it does destroy us. But it is not because he is a God who would rather not share with us and just hopes we get by with nothing. That is part of a poverty spirit. Isaiah 60, we, I think that every message that comes out, Isaiah 60, the first three verses gets in it somehow because it's the most prophetic passage. Uh, it, it's just in so many ways and from so many angles and so many levels. It is, is speaking to us of what God is doing in this last day. And um, it talks again, we want to look at it in this context of the mountain of economy and business. His glory is seen upon us. It's arise, shine, your light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And it talks about darkness and gross darkness among the nations and on the people. It says, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And I want you to know that one of the applications, one of the manifestations of this most uh, uh, urgently uh, will be, and will have to be, finances, resources, wealth. And that this will be part of the package of seeing his glory. It will come together. We will have days where we will see literal clouds of his presence arise in meetings, we will be able to tell when we're into this great breakthrough of the transfer of wealth because we will have these other manifestations we know about, the tokens of his glory, but they will include these breakthrough in finances and these ideas from God, the Joseph anointing that he will be releasing on his sons and daughters. The riches of the nations will come to us. First, we want to look at Isaiah 45, three kind of goes with What we're talking about. These are just different scriptures on God's heart to load us with glory, to load those who trust him with glory, the hidden riches of secret places. And I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. This is his heart. Even for us, I will give you the treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places. And we'll look. In Isaiah 60, verse 5, just a couple of verses beyond where we had been looking in Isaiah 60, that goes into this transference of wealth that many have spoken of, and it will happen. Isaiah 65, Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations Will come. And, and there is, the scripture shows that there is a glory to being wealthy by God. There is a, a glory of seeing this face, this facet of his face manifested to us. This image of who he is manifested to us and through us. But we must love him, not wealth. The joy of wealth is that we can help release and advance his kingdom here on earth. It becomes the the purpose behind the prosperity, other than just telling someone we have a large bank account, because that is not really the proper, there's not a joy there. And that is a a scripture that speaks into that, Isaiah 61, 4, about prosperity with a purpose. You could read the whole chapter, the spirit of the... You start out with verse one, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you. He's anointed you to preach good news and all these kind of things. But it it tells of these that will come, these oaks of righteousness. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And I tell you that there will be a natural, a spiritual, and a moral application to this and how it manifests. By that that I mean there are devastated cities that are devastated cities morally. There are devastated cities that are devastated spiritually. And there are devastated cities and nations in the natural. And there will continue to be so in the future. And it will take resources to reform laws, to reform cities, to reform nations, And I'm just going to tell you that some of the best stories of the future. The greatest testimonies in the coming days will be of nations, cities and nations that have been the most devastated, that have had to start kind of the ground zero. Everything's been knocked down and it looks hopeless and that those will be cities and nations that have even at times the best chance of being raised up. As a diadem, as a crown, as a demonstration of what God can do in short order, of what his kingdom can do, how he is the God of all life, that he's not just God the redeemer. He's not just God that says, you know, everything, you know, I'm sorry, everything's just terrible here on earth. And the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet, and the demons are just kicking you around. And, you know, it's terrible. But, you know, one day, just hang on. Try to get some people saved. While that happens, just hang on. And one day, you're going to be with me. That, you know, there is some value. There is some hope in that. That is our greatest hope is that there is this one day and that kind of erases all the other trials that are here. But he is a God who, before he's done on the planet, he will showcase himself. He will showcase himself in his full beauty and in his full authority, his glory will fill the earth. The knowledge of his glory will fill all the earth. And he will do this on his sons and daughters who have awakened to the day. And this is what is taking place now. This is what he's inviting you to be a part of. And it's an incredible privilege, incredible opportunity to be a, uh, to be a part of this. Isaiah 61, six, a couple verses further down. Ministers of wealth. You don't have to say it. You don't have to raise your hand. I could say it. How many want to be a minister of wealth? Amen. There's a lot of hands that went up there. See, it would be fun. You know that instinctively, it would be fun to be a minister of wealth. Not so you can showcase your new whatever car and you know, you get the iPod 4 and you get the whatever BMW. It's about It would be so good to be able, that's just a a tiny little thing on the side. But if you could go somewhere that's devastated and you could say, you know what, I want to give $10 million so you can can rebuild this whole community that's just been devastated by an earthquake or whatever, you know, you're going to have to do a little more stewardship than just throwing money at it. But the ability to do that, that would be fun, a fun adventure with God. And I think you understand that. And he says, speaking of the same group, this oaks of righteousness that are called to preach the good news, but to preach and rebuild, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations and in their riches, you will boast. We know there's an application of this to natural Israel, but there is definitely an application of this for Israel his body and his church. There is something to be participated of as one new man, something that is relevant for natural Israel what he will do in the future. So I'm not taking away, I have an understanding of the natural perspectives, a natural understanding for, uh, as it relates to the nation of Israel. But there is, as the seed of Abraham in the spirit, we are entitled to receive the same inheritance in Abraham. Again, the contradiction is that much of what will happen in the future is about who controls the wealth. But he will allow those who are lovers of himself to be those that control the wealth. It will be important who's controlling the wealth. Say it in another way. But if you make your focus, your goal, controlling the wealth, you will miss the boat. You'll miss the point. He is the great treasure. And he... As he's showing in different situations, he can just put treasure in mountains. We don't know if they were there or not before. He can just put that anywhere. He can tell you to go in your backyard, dig 10, you know, 10 feet from the back there and go down one feet and go and and you just find this big chunk of, you know, an emerald or diamond. This, this kind of stuff really is already happening. I'll tell you some more stories of it. He's, he's just able to do that because he, that's one of his names. That's one of the facets of his face of who he is. The power of wealth. As we close, we want to just tell you a little bit about the power of wealth. And why it is that some of you are being refined so thoroughly. And you live in such a contradiction of what you expect. And what he's called you to do. you can be blessed by knowing that the the further back he pulls you, if you are submitting to the process... It's like a slingshot. The further back you get pulled, it is so you can be catapulted the furthest. The deeper the pruning, if you're pruned back to a nub and you are learning the things you need to learn, you will see like Joseph, there will have been reason for it. And it is because he is preparing you for something great. Power of wealth. Number one, it must be guarded by refinement. Wealth tends to make you independent, self-sufficient, and unteachable. And I'm saying, especially among believers. And uh, you know people jump around when you have money. So this becomes a test. And and if he made all of you millionaires today, we just don't know what would happen with your new power of influence. And we could be like a bunch of stray cats just running in all different directions. So he has to not destroy us with a blessing. So there has to be refining of our hearts. And to have wealth is to have power. And so we have to learn how to be submitted, how to be teachable, how to be humble. I think those are uh, three specific uh, uh, values that are requirements to receive the great treasures of God, being submitted, being teachable, being humble. And you get tested. You get tested with the little blessings as they come on. Number two ties in with what I just said there. You must be proven by faithfulness in the small things. Got to learn to be a good thousandaire before he'll trust you with being a millionaire. The early stages, if you're teenagers, you have to learn how to be a hundredaire. Or I don't know what you'd call it if it's less than that. But laziness and lack of stewardship default you from being a minister of wealth. If you're called to be a minister of wealth, you have to understand there are some heart characteristics that he is looking for. He totally wants to bless you and allow you to be an instrument of blessing to many. I say again, I feel like the Lord has said he would love to make every one of his children a multimillionaire billionaire. That there is enough need in the world for that to happen, but it would destroy 90-something percent of his sons and daughters if they were to receive that much power with so little character base. It's, you understand that. Number three: the power of wealth must be maintained by continual, intentional trusting in God. must be intimacy-based. That we're trusting in God again. It gets tested. And he looks and he gives you personal tests. Things that other people can uh, just don't know about. You, you know, pastors, leaders, whoever's around you can't even tell by what you're putting in, in the offering. He may, he may say, and th- this is, I, I say he, he may say, this is almost uh, with, with, I don't know if I've heard an exception to this from those who've made great breakthroughs from the early risers the early josephs is the lord has had them do very very sacrificial crazy giving and in 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 you know from things like giving their uh, entire retirement to selling their house and giving the proceeds giving their car now don't attempt any one of those to try to become a minister of wealth you're to respond to the Lord only, not because that sounds like I'm proving something to him and I'm going to manipulate God to give me more by uh, giving my house. Because if he didn't tell you, all you do is lose your house. <clears throat> all right, last scripture. Haggai 2, 7 through 9. The silver and the gold are his says i will shake all nations and the desired of all nations will come i just have to stop there for a moment i just love that he calls himself the desired of all nations depending on what version of the bible you have the desire of all nations he's going to shake all nations he's going to shake all systems that are manifesting the counterfeit image of god all the seven mountains that exist in society under principalities they are manifesting the counterfeit image of god he's going to shake every image every foundation, and it's being, really, if we could go one by one through the mountains, they're being proven that they are bankrupt anyway. They're being bankrupt as far as functioning, not just economically, financially, uh, thinking through that grid. But the desired of all nations will come. He is gonna showcase himself. That's why first he has to showcase himself this way to us, to his sons and daughters. We must start seeing a different God, the God of seven colors, seven spirits, In his full spectrum, a God of all life. He says, and I will fill this house with glory. Again, that word glory, the kabod. But that's his presence. Being heavy with his presence, but being heavy with his power. Being heavy with his provision. It's all. Glory means all of these things. I'm going to showcase myself as the desire of all nations, and I will fill my house with glory. Amazing. The next verse says, the silver and the gold is mine. He's talking about glory again. It says, the silver and the gold is mine. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the latter house in all aspects. In the glory of the latter house, the former house, there was such great presence of God, both in the tabernacle around Moses And then when Solomon built his temple, that the priests could not function. There was a cloud, a literal cloud, and there was fire. And they could not even operate. And that's what we think when we think of glory. But there was also great provision and wealth then. And it will be all of these. So who's on the mountain of economy or business? How to know if you're called there? Well, theoretically, anyone with a job is potentially on this mountain. However, to the degree you don't see this as your mountain, it's not your mountain. Because you are not on this mountain in an active ambassadorial capacity. Expecting downloads and glory from God. So he's looking for agents to be active. This is part of the purpose, the goal of this entire message on the seven mountains that's going around the world right now is it's awakening sons and daughters to a mission field they didn't know existed before. It's awakening them to where their platform, where their pulpit is. And once you recognize that, you have a different expectation from God. You say, I'm here, I'm here on this mountain. Refine me, then use me. I want to be an instrument of your glory, this kind of glory, along with the other kind of glory. If something in you has excitement at the idea of encountering this face of God, the face of supply and provision, then you can have an idea that you may have a call, that you probably have a call on this mountain of economy of business that you are joining those who are rising this mountain, anticipating good from God in the coming days and years. Again, I consider, and I would strongly recommend, the book, The Seven Mountain Mantle, Receiving the Joseph Anointing, my second book that came out this year, I kind of consider a must-read for all, all mountains, for those involved in coming up all the mountains. But specifically, if you feel like you have a call to the mountain of economy and business, I strongly recommend this book and it'll tell you many more things that I wish I had the time to tell you in this uh, segment here tonight. But just know that God really does desire, just have to say it again, he really does desire to showcase this aspect of who he is to his sons and daughters. This is his heart. He is a giving God. He, he's a God who would like to, I say, spoil us, but in a good context. He doesn't really want to spoil us. He doesn't want us to go rotten, and that is why he has to hold back. But if we will allow him to go after us, and many of you are being gone after in an intense way. You have been broken down. Everything you trusted and knew about in your mountain, in business, in economy, has been taken from you, you're stripped down to bear. It's really a good place to be. I mean, it's a horrible place to be, but it's a good place to be. Again, to the, the further down he can break you down, you stay in hope with him, the further he can build you up on himself. He has to empty you from everything you've ever trusted in about how you attain wealth using the strategies or the thinkings or the plannings of this system of Babylon. Babylon. And that really operates out of, again, it's the greed and the fear model. They themselves know, they'll tell you, they'll say, what happened in Wall Street? How did this thing collapse? Greed and fear, greed and fear. They know it. They can self-diagnose themselves. The world can self-diagnose that they're operating on greed and fear. And that this is how they advance. The kingdom of God does not advance in greed or fear. And the kingdom of God does advance with great wealth. So we have to... Come to terms with this and see this God of abundance. See a God who loves to provide. To do great things through his sons and daughters. And that he's going to rebuild cities and nations. We have situations like uh, what what has taken place in the nation of Haiti. I know there's a few Josephs there. But we really need, we needed maybe 10,000 Josephs loaded with glory. I believe we will have that and many more in the coming years. But right now we don't have enough. This entire nation could be rebuilt, restructured spiritually and naturally with what could come out of the household of God. And this this even this happening this year is 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 in a way a message to us. It's not the, the purpose of that earthquake, but it's it's so we would be ready. These kind of opportunities are coming in the future. So God's like Come on, sons, come on, kids and daughters. kids, sons and daughters, kids. Whatever. It's for the women too is what I'm trying to say. Sons and daughters, let's work on this. Let's do this. Come on, I want to use you this way. He wants to use you this way. It says, it's just overcoming the same mentality we've had to do when we train people in the prophetic. It's like, well, I just don't have that call. You know, I, I can't hear God. We're saying, it's like a kid saying, I'm not called to walk because he falls. My sheep hear my voice. He wants you to know his voice. He wants to bless you financially. But he's got to work some things in your heart. And he's got to make sure that you're not going to be more danger than helpful when you are in this position of blessing. So give him full access. I just want to pray with you. And I want to invite you. If you are here tonight, we'll make this prayer for Online also, but if you are here tonight and you're hearing this message and something new is saying, I am called to be a minister of wealth, not to go after wealth, but to be on this mountain of economy and business. I want God to extravagantly use me in the coming days, in the coming years, to be able to be a blessing for his kingdom For revealing the goodness of God on earth. If you know that's you, I want to pray for you. I want to ask you to come up here. I believe there will be an impartation of something over your life even. Amen. This is good again. I think for every mountain we've spoken on so far, at least 50 people have come up. This is more, even. And I really believe, and I'll just speak into that just for a moment, there is a timing factor taking place. This is a season of awakening. The season of arising, I believe the Lord's shown me, begins Rosh Hashanah 2012 and the season of shining Rosh Hashanah 2015. What that means is those even prepared to be Joseph's, there are those who are the early risers and some of you are there, are going to be there. Some of you, there's a little bit more process, but do not lose hope. Because this is all part of something great he's doing. So he's awakening his sons and daughters to the possibilities. How to cooperate with what he's doing. How to partner with God on planet earth. He's got angels. Just I'm speaking to you. Just aware. The Lord's saying I have tens of millions of angels. Assigned to work with my sons and daughters in the coming days. In the area of finances alone. Not like, not like all his kingdom, just in the area of finances alone, the area of wealth. On new energies, new ideas, new provision, the better way of doing everything. There are angels of provision of wisdom. And I believe what he's speaking to me right now is there again, there's tens of millions of angels assigned to this mountain alone. And most of them have not been released yet. So they're looking for sons and daughters to understand what God is doing in this day. I just ask you to close your eyes. Lord, I thank you for these, your sons and daughters, that have come forward here tonight. Lord, I thank you for these that are watching online. And just make some step forward. If you're watching online or you're hearing this by the, via the podcast, or if you're watching this in a classroom, stand, do something that gets you out of what you've been doing. Don't just sit there, move towards the TV, stand, raise, raise your hand. Some sign even before heaven. I feel like the Lord's saying it's important. He wants to know, who wants to partner with me? Even down here, if you just raise your hand. He just, he's a God. I'm just feeling this heart of excitement. He goes, come, come on, sons and daughters. I, I want to do it. I'm a, I'm a God of fun, too. The earth is full of darkness and death and destruction. And I want to partner with my sons and daughters. It is my joy to partner with you. To bless you in this way. To give you strategies, cures for diseases. The new technologies in every kind of area of life. I mean, there's the, it's going to be such a new world. This thing of his glory being seen on his sons and daughters. The world has no idea what's about to hit him as a tsunami. The early risers are rising now. Holy Spirit, ask that you would release into the hearts of these that are here and these that are listening, Lord. Would you release something into their hearts, a seal as it were, Lord, see a vision of the Lord's hand there's a, a ring on it and he's putting it and he's put, it's on your hearts. he's sealing your hearts with his ring which is the, his authority, purposes of his kingdom. He says, I'm looking at hearts, I'm looking at hearts and I'm not trying to disqualify you. I'm trying to qualify you. I'm trying to qualify you. I keep giving you blessings. I'm going to give you blessings. The Lord said, I'm going to release blessings to you, unexpected blessings to you, in small measure, maybe large for you, but small compared to what I want to do, says the Lord. Because I keep looking for opportunities to validate you, to bless you, to allow you to step into what I have this coming day. Holy Spirit asked that the angels would be released even now to those that are here. There are some that are here now, some that are listening, are called to be these early risers, these ones... That are already being positioned as Joseph's. These 10% that are ahead of time. I asked they would be released, and I thank you, you're releasing them right now. And they bring wisdom, they bring dreams, they bring connections, they bring ideas. It is supernatural. And it'll be your pleasure to partner with your sons and daughters who love you, who worship you. Who'd rather spend the day with you than studying the Dow Jones Industrial. You can get some wealth that way. But I'm telling you, there is mega papa wealth coming. Extravagant papa. He's going to showcase himself. He's going to showcase himself. Through you. His glory will be seen on you. The nations will come to your brightness. Kings, prime ministers will call you because of your presence, your wisdom, but because of your wealth in the coming days. It's your presence come now, Lord. It's your glory be released. Your presence on these that are here now. It's your glory come. It's your presence. Your encouragement. New hope. Then press through the clouds, Lord. Let them press through now through the clouds of their circumstances. Let them fly above the clouds and see a new day. See a new horizon. Just as I was speaking that I saw, I don't know if it's the Lord or an angel putting new glasses on every one of you. And it said new horizon. Glasses to see the new horizon. A new horizon. A new horizon. Sun is rising. Sun is not setting. The sun is rising. The sun is not setting. The sun is rising. Even in world circumstances, the sun is not setting. The sun is rising. And the sun of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings, with presence in his wings, with glory in his wings, finances in his wings. And it'll be his joy to do this. It'll be his joy to do this. If y'all just hold hands. He's just doing something there. He's just pouring on you. I just don't want to let you go yet. Yeah. Just connect. There's something there in the spirit. Let it flow, Lord. Let your river flow. This all comes from the river that flows from the throne room of God. To river flow. To river flow. Let us look back one day to this night. Let it be the story of many, the testimony in the coming years of many that are here tonight. It's like something happened that night and this is now what I'm doing. Jewel may raise ministers of wealth, priests to you for the nations, for this nation. They're just called to be faithful where they're at and to get close to you and expect Expect, 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 expect. He really wants to breathe on your expectancy. That's a poverty spirit that says don't expect much. Expect! (sighs) The name of Jesus, expect. (laughs) Hope, hope, hope in God. Anticipate working with a God who's going to reveal himself among the nations in a glorious way. Glorious splendor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pour a little more, a little more, Holy Spirit. Little more, little more, little more, little more. Let dreams begin to come immediately, Lord.